The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I try to take life back right out of the hands of the king of the world. Natalie Grant thought her days as a singer were over when her vocal cords began hemorrhaging. Losing the very thing that was my identity. I was a singer. And having that taken from me and the potential of it never returning is really, I think, what God used in my life um, to show me that his greatest purpose for me was to live out the Great Commission. Thank you. You're so you're sincere. Thank you. Welcome to you. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have you join us for Life Today. I'm looking at Natalie Grant. Now, she says she's kind of, in some ways, years ago, she just sort of started along with us here on television, watched her incredible ability to communicate truth and love and life and song and music. This uh, uh, CD is B1, and uh, I think Natalie knows that Betty and I not only have oneness in relationship, but we pray for oneness in the family of God. Mm. And boy, don't we need it in our nation? Yes. Don't we really need to know how to come to the table of reason? You know, it really occurred to me that when God spoke through Isaiah to the nation, come let us reason together, mm. that wasn't just an invitation to Isaiah. It was an invitation to all the people. And you know what I really believe? I think the real reasoning that brings us to the civility and the the wisdom that we need to address our serious challenges will come at the table of reason when we become one. Mm. And uh, this is the fabulous book that Natalie has written. It's called Finding Your Voice. And can you believe a singer actually lost her voice? Well, we want to hear the story. Would you welcome Natalie Grant to life today? Thank you. Well, Natalie, Thank you. good to see you. Uh, and you've got children now that we didn't meet the last time or <laughs> oh, know no, about. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've been here. I yeah. do. I have three girls. Let's just pause for a moment and pray for me. <laughs> three daughters. <laughs> and two of them came at the same time. My <laughs> twins are nine years old and I have another little girl that's five. Well, we're so happy for you. <laughs> I want you. us to cover some ground because everyone watching on television, mm. everyone here wants to hear you sing. <laughs> and uh, what are you talking about here when you talk about finding your voice. I alluded to the fact that you actually had some damage I did. that cost you your voice. I actually lost my voice. Um, I remember I was singing with pneumonia. Uh, I was doing a concert in Denver in the Denver Coliseum and I just remember a pop and I thought, uh-oh, I mean, I can sing through illness. I can pretty much keep on going, you know, um, and I couldn't make any sound come out. And I remember when I got back to Nashville, they put that scope down my throat and took pictures, and it literally looked like a frayed wire. My vocal cord was bleeding. And they were hoping not to have to do surgery, so they said, you can't speak a word, you can't whisper a word, you can't hum, you can't whistle, like, not a sound for 30 days. 
And um, in losing my voice, uh, it's, it's really where I found it. So it's, it's, the book is an analogy of taking me losing my voice and what I've done to learn how to train my voice. Because honestly, in the last, oh, 17 years that I've been doing this, I hear from a lot of women. And uh, my platform that God has given me has really developed a relationship with so many women who say, okay, um, I feel unqualified because I don't feel good enough or I feel disqualified because of something I've done in my life. That means I'm not gonna be capable of doing what I feel like God's put in me. And or from women who say I'm a wife and a mom and I have all these things and all these plates spinning, but I still have God-given dreams in my heart. How do I, how do, I do this? How do I find my identity again? And that's really where this, this book was birthed. Is that what, kind of what happened to you, you feel like? It is, you know, for me, I was on my way to a trip to India. I, if anybody's been following me for any length of time, I talk often about um, my uh, fight against human trafficking. And I discovered it from watching Law and Order. I never thought I'd say Law and Order <laughs> changed my life, but it turns out that it did. And I really learned that God is always speaking and he can speak through anything at any time. You don't have to be at an altar in a church for God to speak to you. And in that moment, he spoke to me through law and order. The question is, are we always listening? And um, I was going to India to work with a ministry there that rescues girls out of trafficking. And I was supposed to go sing and help teach some of the girls to sing. And I thought, how am I going to go? I can't speak. I have no voice. And it was really incredible to know that when you can't speak, what's the only thing you can do? <laughs> Listen, and I began to hear the voice of God in my life like I never had before. I began to understand what it means to lose your life to find it. And for me, it was losing all of the things that I thought I was controlling. And it turns out I wasn't controlling anything anyway. But we think that we're really so in control. Um, and oftentimes I think that we think the call of God in our lives is a, is a destination. And I had so been, I'm called to be a singer, no, I'm called to be a daughter of the King. I'm called to love God with all of my heart and to love my neighbor as myself. And one of the ways that I do that is through a talent he gave me, singing. <laughs> so when you went there and had to listen mm. and you saw a need, did you find your voice in becoming a voice for them, even in that situation? Absolutely, becoming a voice for the voiceless, it's just amazing to me that to, I lost my voice so I could find my voice to become a voice <laughs> for the voiceless. Yeah. Sure. And um, yeah. I think that for me, I began to understand that I, I don't think intentionally I knew that I had been using my platform for myself because I thought I was doing it for ministry. But when you started to peel back the layers, um, way too much of self was involved in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Self-promotion, uh, getting your song on the radio, looking for the hit, um, trying to do all of the things that makes what the world would deem a success. And for me, losing the very thing that was my identity, I was a singer. And having that taken from me and the potential of it never returning is really, I think, what God used in my life um, to show me that his greatest purpose for me was to live out the Great Commission, to live out true religion, to love um, and, and to be light and to use my voice to do that. But he's far more interested in my heart than he is in what I'm doing for him. 
and when your heart is in tune, then you will do all those things for him because your heart is in tune with the Lord. And, and you, you've gotten people involved, though, by being mm -hmm. the voice for the for those who can't speak Absolutely. in the human trafficking. Yes. Website, if people wanted to it's say, could I see for, what you're doing? Yes, it's hopeforjustice.org. I founded an organization after that trip, which was just a such a God prompting. Sometimes the Holy Spirit asks you to do something and you have no idea what the details are. He just asks you to be obedient. And I remember saying, yes, okay, I'm, I'm going to start this organization. We got our 501c3 and I thought, well, now what? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And now to think that in 10 years, we're in three different continents, four different countries with seven different international offices. We just rescued 115 girls in the last month in Cambodia. It's unbelievable. And, um, feel like I have to be careful to say, you know, I'm a voice, I can speak about it, but I'm not a hero, I'm just a girl that said yes to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and I feel like whoever's watching, so many of you are looking for your voice because um, you you feel like you don't know what your identity is, who you whose you are, and who you are in Christ, and what He says about you. I think so often in our religion, we view God with a clipboard just standing up there going, well, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Are you doing this? And that, no, he's got his arms open wide saying, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so many people um, have a prompting and they're too afraid, feel like they're not qualified, feel like their shame defines them. Um, but man, discovering Jesus as my friend, I've seen him take the broken pieces of my life and make the most unbelievable work of art out of something that I thought was trash. Jesus redeems and makes purpose from it. And that's what he's always done. What, what I really hear you saying too is the things that we do that God senses out to do, the works that we do, they're important. But the most important thing is that one-on-one -on -one relationship with it Him. Is. And that's where we find our ad identity. It is. Being still and know that He is God. That He is and, God. And then, and it's hard, especially for mothers, women, to be still because there's so much going on around. It's you know? so hard. I feel like women are so hard. Just this Mother's Day, I heard this beautiful Mother's Day prayer um, that said, Lord, help me to have just half the grace that you have shown me. Mm -hmm. Because we're so hard on ourselves. We don't give ourselves enough mm -hmm. grace. And um, I feel like so often I hear from women, well, how do you do it all? I mean, how do you? I said, well, if you're looking for balance, I've never heard anything, but I don't know balance. <laughs> I know that I'm running a race. And in a race, you're going to be tired. I don't know a single person who's run a race who's not tired. If you're looking to be like all the time not tired, then you're, in, you're running the wrong race. <laughs> um, Running a race, you're going to be tired, but you can have a rest in your soul. Mm -hmm. And there's a grace on my life to do what he's called me to do. And there's a grace on your life to do what he's called you to do. And he's called all of us to a dance, right? And he says, come to me, you who are weary, and I will show you how to take a real rest. And I love this in the message version. It says, work with me and I will show you the unforced rhythms of grace for your life. He has a rhythm of grace for my life, and it may look different than the rhythm of grace he has for your life. But the point is when you're in step with the master and you know him personally, not just as your savior, but as your friend, um, you will understand what the unforced rhythms of grace are for your life. You may be tired, but you'll have rest in your soul. You can enter into the race by entering into his rest mm. while you run the race. Yes. And you can run the race that sets before but set before you with patience. Mm. And that is a supernatural gift for all of those who don't have any 
of that naturally, <laughs> patience and other things of the spirit. And I really do thank you for sharing how to find your voice. Would you like to say thanks to Natalie for publishing this book and uh, writing it and putting it out? And uh, you can get it online or you can get it in the bookstores. And I will tell you this, she's going to sing about something that really does uh, give us voice and that's recognizing who we are in light of who he is. Tell yes. us the title of this song you're going to sing. And the song is called King of the World. And I think, you know, so many, um, I just think about even what's happening in our world at large. And I think with my three young children, I, I am so prone to fear. I really am. I'm so prone to what kind of world are my girls going to grow up in? What kind of country are my girls going to grow up in? And sometimes I just want to hide under my pillow and hope Jesus comes back really, really fast. Um, but then I'm reminded, wait, um, he's still on the throne. Yes, he is. He's still in control. He is a good father. His plans are perfect. I may not always understand what he does, but I trust that he is for me. I trust that he is good. And I trust that he is faithful. And when you remember that in spite of your circumstances, even when you've begged God for an outcome, an answer to a prayer that maybe he didn't give, his ways are higher than ours. We may never understand this side of heaven, why he does what he does. First Peter 5.10 says, the God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, will strengthen, perfect, establish, and settle you. That's what the king of the world does. And the faster we realize we're actually not in control and we submit to the one who is, that's where you find the peace that passes understanding. And he's the king <laughs> of the world. Yes. Would you like to hear us sing that, king of the world? <laughs> Try to 
Beautiful. And I just want to say to all of you who are watching that that king, mm -hmm. as great as he is, he lives in our heart and mm -hmm. he holds us in his heart and, and we don't have to try to get out of his hand. Father, I pray for everyone mm -hmm. watching to realize how much you love them, as great yes. as you are. King of the world, how you just want to be friend and shepherd and mm -hmm. be closer than anyone in their lives of everyone watching. Please let them see that in Jesus' name. You know, Natalie, we uh, are thrilled that you've not only blessed us with your music, but the book, Now Finding Your Voice, because uh, it's more than a voice to sing or even speak. It's just really and truly recognizing, I think, who we are in Christ. And sometimes our voice is just our praise and gratitude to God. You know, one of the things our viewers have, have shown us is the incredible joy that they experience when they just literally try to put God's arms of love, the king of the world, and put his arms of love around people that thought they were forgotten, uh, that thought nobody noticed. Um, every little girl wants to be pretty. It breaks my heart that every little girl didn't grow up with daddy telling her she's the prettiest girl in the world and try to let the world or somebody else make her feel pretty and not even know what it means. And I want you to know you're special. And I tell you this, if you want to feel special, make someone else feel special, mm. notice, because God notices. But he notices through us, and they notice that he notices by the way we notice and what we do. We can show them God's love. And that's what you help us do in, in the incredible mission outreaches like mission feeding, water for life. I want to show you what happens when we stop a cycle of death mm. and we save lives with love and with food, and then we begin to train their little minds. Mm. I want you to watch. With so many opportunities for ministry, why do we feel mission feeding in Africa is important? Well, you've probably seen our reports from the field. We're told that millions face death right now in Southern Africa, where I'm kneeling in the midst of children's graves, fresh dug graves in the distance. We can stop it. 
you may have heard firsthand from a mother whose child was suffering the debilitating effects of malnutrition. I have no food here. I tried growing maize far away, but the crops failed. My children became sick and died. I had nothing for their hunger. We know it's easy to feel overwhelmed by the needs of those less fortunate. At the end of the day, though, the answer to why we feed children is pretty simple. It's because they're hungry. And when you've seen the consequence of food shortages, giving these children a bowl of food is the difference between death and life. Where you saw me weeping about 25 years ago, there had been just in the last few weeks, 1,200 little children buried. 5,000 and then up to 25,000 before they stopped burying them. We ask you to stop it. You did. You stopped the cycle of death right there. We went back, Betty, and went into a church that also had a school, and the children were so happy they were singing. And I remember a little short pastor, the little guy. We were so happy, the kids were happy, and uh, he was speaking through an interpreter, but I could tell he was talking to Peter. He looked concerned, and when we got in the truck, Peter said, you know what the pastor wanted to know? He said, you save their lives and you're happy. You're not going to come back anymore. Because now they're in school. But we don't have anything to feed them. Right now they're eating at school because we're still feeding your food here. And then, Betty, we found out that we could feed at schools. And you may not know this, but it impacted the World Food Program to where they learned of school feeding worldwide. It impacted the UN, it impacted the one who was put over the World Food Bank. I remember President Bush called me and said, I got a brother over the World Food Bank. He's a Democrat from Ohio, his name's Tony Hall, but he's over the World Food Bank now, he's moving to Italy. And he said he's, he's a brother. And boy, he did a great job, Betty, <laughs> helping love kids. Did it in schools, he said, we've learned. Well, you learn from missionaries. And here's what I'll ask you to do right now. We got a severe drought that's threatening hundreds of thousands of children. We've already organized them, and this is the last week we're asking for your help. I mean, I need some, I really need a huge outpouring of love. We want to feed these hundreds of thousands that are facing death. We want to continue to maintain the malnutrition clinics, but here's what we have discovered. Because as we stabilize, we now if we can feed at the schools, we just increase the attendance almost indescribably. And they'll go. And they'll keep going. And so we can, we're asking people to sponsor schools. You can sponsor one for a whole year for $5,600. You can for the next few months for $1,400. So I want to ask many of you to say, okay, we'll help you with those schools. You've got these kids stabilized. Let's train their little minds. They can think they're healthy. And then for the hundreds of thousands of others to be fed in these areas of tremendous need, remember this because this is simply the truth. 30, 50, $100 will enable us to feed three, five, or 10 children for the next several months. 30 for three, 50 for five, 
100 for 10. Could you help us with 10 this last week? Would you do it? If you've never had the joy of saving lives and now feeding little minds, showing them the love of God, this is your chance. If you helped us before, would you right now during this last week step up, even make another gift or a special gift? And if you've never helped, could you help 10? And don't say three. It's not important, real important to those mothers, those kids. No gift too small, none too large. You're given the greatest gift. You're given life. We have some gifts to send you to bless you in your journey because we want to feed the sheep. We want to bless the sheep. You're the sheep of his pasture. We want to bless you as you share his life. Thank you for doing it. Thank you so much. In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation. And those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Hear five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. This is the last week. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. I just want to say thank you for helping. Thanks for putting God's arms around those who feel so unnoticed and so often in love, but you've shown them love. Natalie Grant's beautiful CD, Be One, and that's what we are together in Christ, this book, Finding Your Voice, and it's actually expressing, I think, in many ways, the voice of God. Hearing His voice and sharing His love with others, that's really a voice that you found, Natalie, mm. and she's sharing. If you'll just uh, help us feed these precious children, show them their love, and you'd like to have this Living Your Destiny teaching from these incredibly gifted women, uh, We'll be glad to send it to you. Just ask for it, okay? Let's thank Natalie again for being such an incredible blessing to us. We love you. Love you. Tell us those for us, okay? Thank you so much. Thank all of you. You're great. Thank you.
In his new book, The Stream, James Robison charts a plan for spiritual revolution in America. The Stream, available now online and at retail bookstores. I did what no father should ever have to do. I had to reach out and close the eyes of my daughter. Pastor Levi Lusco, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.